obviously when they're when they're hurt, most I think good parents would just console them. It's not like stop crying. Like yeah. But then again, if it goes on too long. <laughs> <laughs> when you get if to the she 20 won't let me put the band-aid on it if she will not let me put the <laughs> band-aid on it when you get to the 20 minute mark okay so okay. let's so, yeah. record the intro now Just so what is milkless because we I think we start with a name two dads we love our kids but then we also need them to know that we're like pretty cool and it's not like a wimpy podcast so hey <laughs> hey hey milkless hey welcome hey hey Hey, Milkless. Call the audience, Milkless. What's up, Milkless? <laughs> Matt Max coming at you. What if that's it? <laughs> that's our first take. On this episode of Milkless, we're going to be talking about crying. What's you crying for? Probably not. That's not the thing to say. Anyways, there is a point in your life where you kind of want to get to decide a little bit when you're crying and when you're not. But you're starting from a baby where the only way you can stop crying is if your parents help you with it. So how do you make that transition? What does that look like for kids? It's hard. Here we go. All right, Matt. Today we are talking about crying. When your kids cry, maybe even when you cry. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. But listen, when you're a baby, all babies cry. You know, that's the first sign of life. And it's good. You want the baby to cry. But then at some point it transitions as you become an adult. And if you Google crying at work, it's literally 10,000 articles to help people learn how to not cry at work. Now, look, it's, it's okay to cry when you're watching It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> it's okay to cry when you're sad or when you're hurt. But There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> that, exactly. In certain situations. In certain yeah. situations where you don't want to cry in a tough situation at work or if you're reading a paper out loud at school. So what do you want to get into today? How do, how do we want to take this? We can start chronologically with babies or what? What do you want to do? I think starting with babies is good. I think, uh, you know, that's like the main way. Most people probably know this, but that's like the main way they have to communicate their needs. That's like, it's evolutionary. There's a reason it sounds like nails on the chalkboard. They need a lot of shit. It's how they get it from you. I do remember, I remember when we were checking checking our baby out of the hospital. Is that what you do when you take him home? Yeah, you <laughs> check him out. Her out. Just yeah. make sure you bring him back in time if you don't get a late fee. We were checking out our firstborn from the hospital and it, just a lot of nurses came by and gave us like a spiel and every one of them was like, and don't shake it. And I was like, what do, What kind of monster what? do you think I am? But Come I remember on. the first time my baby just cried for like- And you were 30, like, oh. This is why they tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're not a monster if you shake a baby. You just had a lapse in judgment and you're still a monster. No, I think you're a monster <laughs> if you shake a baby. But, I, but you uh, get it. You get the monster. I get, I get why they told me. Yeah. 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 It, can, it can be really brutal when it's hard for a baby to stop crying. And I think- that the thing that makes that so hard is what what I've found is the best thing I could do for a baby that's crying is make myself calm. Always. That's like really the only thing I can do. And it's not like it always solves it immediately, but the only thing I can do to be helpful, I mean, I can't do anything to be helpful if I'm pissed off. And it's hard to feel calm when your kid's crying. It's biologically set up to make you not feel calm. <laughs> because at a certain point when you can't stay calm and they keep fucking crying, really what you want to yell at them it is what you end up yelling at them. Stop crying. Yeah. I can't handle it. I can't handle your crying anymore. So you need to stop it. It's fucking wild that you get there and how quickly you can get there. That's been hard for me. So like just a lot of like deep breathing 
while your baby screams and cries at you. But it's fucking hard, man. Like at a certain point, everybody has their breaking point, man. Oh, for sure. And honestly, it's been a lot. This podcast has really helped me a lot. A lot of the self-awareness and just talking about this sort of stuff. But I remember with our first child, you know, yelling at him when he was two or something in his face, like, stop crying. And just like thinking about it afterward, like, oh, you know, like, what do you want? Or something like that. What do you, you know, want is really the what you're feeling. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why do what do you fucking want from me? I know. Yeah. It's just so brutal. But like, you know what's crazy also is like there was a study um about, you know, fake crying. You know how babies sometimes do this? There was a study where two kids, I think they were maybe even twins, where one would do like they they observed like the the normal cry where like, oh, it's like sad and it's got pouty boo-boo face. And there was this other one that like was just laughing. And then whenever you know, he wanted his parents, he would just like turn on a cry. Interesting. The parents would come over and he's <laughs> like start laughing. The study also showed that uh, parents see fake cries of de- as deceptive. And there's lots of studies about crocodile tears. And mm-hmm, when, mm-hmm. when when humans see people faking that emotion, they get a weird visceral reaction where they kind of like- Yeah, it pisses you off. Li- it pisses you off. You don't like it. Yeah, you feel like you got duped. Yeah. But a lot of the development, just because we're starting with babies, we'll get into older kids in a second. A lot of the guidance is that, like, look, this is like you said, this is like their way to communicate. Yeah, they're, it's so it's biological, and you know, my my wife said something to me early on that was really helpful. Babies and even really toddlers cannot be deceptive. They don't have like the cognitive function to like form a plan to fuck with you. The most they might be doing is like. I do need something. It's not, I don't need it bad enough to make me cry, but I know when I make that sound, my parents come. And then when you come, they're like, ah, you're here. So they laugh. But it does present as this thing that's like, gotcha, motherfucker. Like that really kind of pisses you off. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, that has really helped me to always try to keep in mind that like, they're not trying, when they're really young, they're not trying to trick me. They just, they don't have it. They, they, they don't have it to trick me, even if they wanted yeah, to. It's just the way they communicate. So it's good to know that so that we can be calmer with babies. Now, getting into like older kids where maybe they are trying to be deceptive. Yeah, uh, at some point they, they <laughs> develop that muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's That can be hard. That can be extra hard when you have a kid like highly intelligent and maybe highly emotionally intelligent, the crocodile tears. That's something that it probably has no place for an adult. I mean, come on, like feigning illness, crying. That's oh yeah, you don't really want crocodile tears. That's yeah. True. That's so, so then on the so then here's the other extreme, where I believe crying is always good, um, if you're really really sad or if you're really really happy. If you turn on Field of Dreams right before he asks his dad to have a catch. Yeah, yeah, I I'd like that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Okay, okay. (sighs) Okay. We'll be back in five. And that's why men cry an average of 1.3 times per month. Is that right? Yeah. Men, uh, women cry uh, 5.3 times per month. Uh, Oh, man. Do you think you're above or below average? Probably below, but annually probably average. I like to like, if I'm really tired and hungover, I like to just cry all day. Just cry like, oh, let's just watch. <laughs> I remember one time in college, <laughs> I was really hungover, and I also took a little gum gum. And uh, I'm laying in my my wife my now wife's dorm room 
uh, bed. It was six women, six girls who lived in this dorm room. <laughs> and she's a class, and I'm just skipping class, hungover on a gummy in her at, at BC in her dorm room. And I'm like, oh, watch this new animated movie called The Incredibles. <laughs> I watch it. And the part where Mr. Incredible's like tied up and he's like, I just want to get back to my family, you know? <laughs> and I just start hysterically crying, um, bawling, just crying like hard, ugly cry tears. Fast forward three or four years, I'm like as big as a big swinging dick as a 24-year-old can be. I'm on a business trip. I'm sitting down meeting with a lot of people and somehow The Incredibles comes up and they're like, yeah, my children love The Incredibles. I'm like, oh, so sad. I cried hysterically at that <laughs> silence silence yeah dude they're wrong like, room wrong room for that like, comment they're like is there a different incredibles i'm like you know the no the animated one they're like what was sad about that and i was like oh no I, actually i think there might have been an old french incredibles uh, from 1953 long crave <laughs> different Um, Anyway, but let's move a little bit forward where I have a little clip from from my sons, six and eight. I just asked them right before this, right before bed. I'm just like, hey, guys. And then here's a clip. Is it okay to cry, guys? Yeah. Do you guys ever get that thing where like you don't want to cry sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. And then your neck. Your neck? What? The feeling? Yeah. What does it feel like? Like like it hurts. It hurts? For me, it always felt like there was like a ball in my throat. Oh, yeah. But, and so why didn't you? What do you think it is? Because like then. Because like then, then like you get embarrassed. Yeah. I would only like cry when I'm like happy, like at home. At home. Yeah. Because it's okay to cry here. Mhm. It's also okay to cry at school too. Have you guys ever cried at school? No. No. Not this year. Well, like yeah, like one time. There's some people who cry more than other people. Yeah. Do you feel what? Kind of bad for them. That's interesting. Yeah, you don't want to cry at school. Yeah, that's an. It's that. I'm glad you interviewed them, because um, it's an uncomfortable truth. You you never want to. You really don't want to be teaching kids to suppress their emotions. But there is. I remember that. I remember in fourth grade, I like had this thing where I was trying to play a com- a computer game with two friends, and the internet hooked the two of them up, and not me. And I was so excited about playing with them, and I got real sad. And I started crying and I was alone in my house. And then one of them called me and he, <laughs> and I was like, fuck. So I picked it up and I was like trying real hard to hold it together. And, the end, and at the end of the call, he goes, dude, are you crying? <laughs> and I was just like, no, I was just fucking around, man. <laughs> no, it's just. The most pathetic thing ever. But there is this thing where there's, a, there's and it, it continues into adulthood. I don't like, I cry. But I, there's times when I don't want to, and I kind of have ways of making myself stop. <laughs> there was a study that showed that when people in the workplace, if they saw, uh, they, they took a thousand people and showed them a photograph, the only thing they did was Photoshop a tear onto it and made it kind of obvious that they were crying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the ones that they were crying, you know, they saw them, the person is sadder, warmer, but also less competent. <laughs> and then when the thing had been edited out, they said they looked like, you know, normal person or whatever. But then with the tearful person, they were more likely to approach that person and offer help. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we empathize with people who are crying, but then it's like, yeah, you also probably can't handle yeah. your work or the, the world. So it's like, there's not like intentional judgment. Like, I don't like this person. We want to help people empathetically, but 
you don't, that's why I think instinctively kids or adults, or as you get older, you don't want to cry in certain situations. For example, being frustrated at a puzzle at school or frustrated at a work project. You Google crying at work, it's all coping mechanisms. And it all starts with crying is an acceptable emotion. Here's how you can stop doing it. (laughs) So it's like, it's this weird thing. Like we don't want to ever say like, yeah, you shouldn't be crying here. Well, and and you like you're already starting to run into that with your kids. Like that, just that 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 those were their responses. That like even at um, six, seven, eight years old, because I've talked to my daughter about that. She's she doesn't want to cry in front of her classmates, and that didn't come from us. Like right. Well, do you hear them say? They they said they say crying's totally okay at home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but not around my peers. Yeah. There's a part of me that wants to say like is, is say say there's somebody who gets so frustrated when they're having trouble with a project that it makes them cry. And and maybe that's a kid and as they get older and older it doesn't fix itself and then you know some of those people end up at work. It's hard for me to just feel like the answer is to teach them how to not cry. It's like what why is that frustration overwhelming them so much that their eyeballs have to shed protein out of themselves just to like <laughs> take a breath. Like, yeah. you, do you know what I mean? Like uh, to me, yeah, crying it's something underneath crying is symptomatic. Uh, so what is the thing? But because there are times when it is felt like my oldest daughter has cried for a long time about something that would not normally be upsetting. And maybe I know that she's tired and hungry. Mm-hmm. And so there's sometimes when I've said things that are like, oh, it feels like you're stuck here. How do we move through this? Which is, there's a fine line between saying that and like quit crying or like invalidating your feelings. But like to me, emotional health is being able to like feel things and then move through them. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if it's major grief, that can be a process that takes years. But like, you don't want to get stuck in one place that you can't get out of. And And to me, that feels like, the thing to try to help with. Yeah. But I say that, but I was just like, no, I'm just fucking around. I'm not a bitch. Like I, like I was. Yeah. And there's still times when I'm like that. Right. And I'll talk about my ideals as well, but I'll also caveat it with, I've definitely heard myself say in relatively recent history, like that's not something to cry about. Like stop crying. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you know, whatever. So caveat it. Something that I've learned, I think possibly from you, possibly from research for Milkless uh, maybe you taught me this is um, like asking them, like, are you having a hard time? Mm-hmm. I've been using that. So even on our three-year-old, it actually just happened an hour ago. Um, she was having a tough time, like not wanting to eat, like started like throwing some stuff. And I just said, hey, you know, you want to go hang out in your room for a sec? We'll just go cool off together. Wasn't like a timeout. I'm just like, let's go down. I carried her down. She was kicking, almost got a ball shot per your Instagram reel. (laughs) And then we went down and I'm just like, okay, cool. I was just staying so chill, probably mainly because of like just general exhaustion. Um, Yeah. You just finished like a hell of a couple of days. You need to sleep as soon as we're done here. I know. But so I just kind of hung out in there with her and uh, she was crying and, and I just kept trying that like, Hey, you having a hard time? Like you want to hang? And she's like, no. And it was like throwing stuffed animals out of her bed at me having a real tough time. I just kind of waited it out, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, hey, you're having a hard time. Eventually, she started laying on my, I was sitting down on, on a little chair. She started sitting on top of me, facing outward, wouldn't turn over and like hug me, but then like <laughs> needed to be on top of me, still kind of kicking, half almost hitting me. 
I'm just like, yeah, you having a hard time? She's like, no, I'm fine. Ah! Just like losing it. And then eventually it just kind of like after a minute or so, I say calm. She's just like, she rolled, turned over, we hug. And then all of a sudden. Yeah. Just completely back to normal. Have you ever seen this? So <laughs> having having a tantrum or hysterically crying, like like okay, on the third time, keep asking me because you can't understand what I'm saying. What? What are you saying? What? I don't know what you're saying. Uh, Dad, I want your jacket. <laughs> I've never had that before. <laughs> oh, they're like hysterically crying. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, they're inconsolable. And you're like, what, honey? What? And then on the third time, they just completely stop crying <laughs> to tell you. That's fascinating. Well, they, so you know what you've probably done a little bit is like you've, you've forced them to turn their rational brain on. Mm. by like forcing them to come up with an actual cogent answer. And for like a kid that little and even enunciating is probably like frontal cortex work. As you were talking about that, I, it sounds like you handled that great, man. And that's fucking hard to do when a kid's like, especially when they're like hurting you a little bit, it's hard to not get yeah. pissed. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood, <laughs> except for my kids constantly. Uh, yeah. But it's wild because when they're crying – like this is kind of the like base like basic idea of the idea of co-regulation, which is something you hear a lot about. Mm-hmm. When they're crying and can't stop, that like they're not really able to regulate the their emotions. They're not able. Mm-hmm. That stuff can just build on itself. And sometimes I've even said to my daughter at times, it's like, oh gosh, it feels like we're crying about crying. We're just stuck in this place. And right. Have you ever asked them like like oh, do you remember what you're crying about, sweetie? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just I it's like they keep they feel terrible and so they they feel terrible because they feel terrible or something. And and ultimately what they the the thing that helps them the most, I mean, who do they go to? They go to you or your or your wife. Yeah. So it's like when they are crying they need you so badly, but they're also really hard to be around and like yeah. stay calm. You've made me better with the, you having a hard time? And I actually did fucking just ace it. Like a boy. But I think there's a, a couple things we're talking about. So if we're moving chronologically, we're talking about two to three-year-olds, maybe even three-and-a-half-year-olds. There is a thing where they can cry to be somewhat, you know, manipulative or you know it's kind of like pavlov's dog yeah if they just start crying and you jump at them and do whatever they want you're kind of training them at that age that and i I remember this like if if we're tired and asked out we've had three kids and there we've gone through periods i mean two to three year olds that's a 18 month to two year period we've done it three times so we're talking six years of my life where if you're tired and you're kind of like coasting through parenting a little bit just give give it to her Give it, give it to them. Yeah, yeah. And we're kind of not doing, you know, authoritative parenting, setting boundaries, but love and nurture within. We're just kind of like permissive. Give it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I want to sit there. Okay, so, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you sit there. You sit there. You sit. The kid is like realizing, like, oh, all I need to do is throw a fit and hysterically cry, and I'll get anything I want. Well, because every individual time in the short term, it is easier to be permissive and give them what they want. Hundred percent. But. By doing that repeatedly, your life becomes infinitely harder. You always have to take the long view to be picking those, like setting those boundaries and dealing with it that way. And when you're fucking tired. And that's why it comes back to the thing we've said in a lot of our earlier episodes of like, it's about a good feedback loop with your partner. We can say, how are we doing? And a lot of times 
one of the partners or, or bo- both of you will be like, oh my God, so-and-so is being such an a-hole. It's so hard right now. It's always like us. It's like, well, you know, uh-huh. we're kind of like, we haven't really been, quote, holding the line for a while. So that's, I think, a part of crying where I don't think that's acceptable crying. That is manipulative crying because it'll turn it off the minute you give them the ice cream. Yeah. I think the way to handle that is really like setting those boundaries, love and nurture within. Oh, hey, hon. No, we're not going to do ice cream until after dinner. You know, do you, are you having a hard time? And that might take 30 minutes of like sitting with them while they're crying and they're upset. Oh, I'm so sorry, bud. But yeah, we're having dinner now. Whatever. You try to stay calm. You might have to do that one or two nights in a row, but then they're back. Yeah. We've always, it's weird. I wouldn't call it like unacceptable crying, but I also wouldn't call it a mandate to give them what they want. There haven't been many times when our kids were crying where we didn't try to go to them and try to like pick them up. The only times that's happened are when my daughter and I are having a huge fight and like that makes her cry and we just need some fucking time from each other. And then usually if my wife's around, she'll go to her. Mm -hmm. So we always go to our kids when they're crying, but we don't, that doesn't mean you have to give them what they want. Right. Well, here's the thing. I think it's just a spicy word to say unacceptable crying because it's like, (gasps) you're a monster. (laughs) But here's what I mean by that. Let's break down the word unacceptable. I'm not going to accept it. It's not something we want in our life. Of course. I'm not going to be like, ignore that crying or like say, stop crying. That's unacceptable in this home. I'm still going to like, if they're crying, there is a reason for that crying, mm-hmm. but it's, it doesn't mean like I want that crying to happen again tomorrow right? or the next day yeah. or the next day. It's like, yeah. so maybe just maybe unacceptable is the wrong word, but like incorrect crying. <laughs> uh, well, here's, here's what I'd argue. I don't think, okay. I think we agree about the end goal. But I don't think that I need to make it apparent to my kid that their crying sucks. No. I think I need to make it apparent that it won't get them what they want. Right, because there's too much weird shit wrapped up in that. If you say, this is not a time to cry, which I've said. (laughs) Sure, yeah. That's not good because then you're teaching them that crying is bad and then that might creep into other areas where maybe crying is a good part and a cathartic part of life. Yeah. So you don't want to like have a negative association with crying. Yeah. All I'm saying is like say to my partner, I'd be like, yeah, that's that's not gonna that's not gonna work. We got to stop, you know, giving in on that. I'll go sit with him or her. Yeah, I think we're saying the same thing with different words. Yeah, it's not something you want to have to deal with all the time. So, okay, so I got a question that I want to ask you. Do you think it's worth it to try to teach kids how to keep themselves from crying? Do you think that's a good thing for them to be able to do? Do you think they need help with that? Yeah, I, I think one hundred percent yes, but in in a very clear and in in, in kind of non-clear way. (laughs) Like you never say, don't cry or let me teach you how to not cry. It's more like this. When the kids get old enough and they're visibly upset and frustrated and you have a dialogue, they're not too upset where they can't communicate. Like they're like something that's frustrating them. And that's, I think, one of the first types. And you heard that from my kid's little soundbite. You don't want to cry when you get frustrated. That's like what little kids do. You can't get the puzzle piece to fit. You can't figure out the Lego. You start crying. Yeah. You know, you're at work. You know, you can't figure out this project. Your boss says something rude to you. You start crying. That's frustration crying. You know, like you don't want to do that. That's what you want to learn how to not do. You don't want to say like, stop crying. Let me teach you how to stop crying. It's like, hey, you having a hard time? Yeah. Like, do you feel like you might cry? Yeah. Do you want to cry? No. It's like, Okay. Just like if you Google crying at work, all these coping mechanisms, walk away, 
You know how many kids like don't walk away? Walk away is great. They're just That's so good. I must finish yeah. this thing. Yeah. I remember saying to our, our three-year-old, who's now eight, you are so smart. You realize right now with this Lego, you're not able to get these two pieces together. You're like walking towards this cliff. Okay, there's this cliff right here. I want you to start to learn that that cliff is where you're going to lose it. Uh-huh. Do you see that you're walking towards it? I just want to – and it's not about crying. It's about – Regulation. Yeah. And just letting them see that like, here's where you're going and almost like recognize those patterns. Yeah. Okay. This is what that feels like. Yeah. We, but I think we just developed that over time that like, oh, this is not working out. I'm not figuring it out. Some people just say, fuck this noise. Yeah. Some people say, I'm going to go pee and come back. Like we develop ways to not. And I think kids just like, must keep trying. Must keep trying. Must keep trying. Must keep trying. I can't do it. It's funny. It's like. <laughs> It's funny that article is called How to Not Cry at Work. Like that first suggestion, at least, that's like extremely healthy. All of them are. Walk away. Like think about the importance of stuff. Like try to identify it ahead of time. And like if you know you're going to go into a stressful meeting and you usually cry at stressful meetings, try to role play it ahead of time. And and all of these articles start with like crying is a completely acceptable emotion. But like there's millions of people Googling like how to not cry in the workplace. Interesting. It's not a, it's not a bad guide for parenting your kids. Yeah. These are probably like adults that really struggle with this probably didn't get enough help from their parents on it. And the thing you always say, take a deep breath. <laughs> you say it all the time. Yeah. Like, like how much that works. God damn. So it's like, there's all these coping mechanisms. Take a break, get away from the situation. Pretend you're an actor in a movie. Like what you say with your daughter, like pretend you're a ninja. Oh Yeah. I had to bribe my way out of a police station in Kenya once. It was and it was so scary. And I just pretended I was a spy. I, it was the only way I got through it. And I think I was cool. If you didn't have that, you would have started crying, and you would still be in Kenya to this day. Yeah, that might have been it for me. Yeah. <laughs> you, oh, you would have been um, on Locked Up Abroad, or actually, an actor would have played you on Locked Up Abroad. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, you still would have been there. Um, that's funny. It's I, like I was all prepared to disagree with you because I. I don't think we want to be telling kids they should not cry. Yeah. But I, it's ultimately, it's like helping people learn to regulate themselves. You're their biggest source of regulation when they're tiny. Like when they're a baby, you're all they've got. And then you're trying to work from that into a place where ultimately they can do that for themselves. Yeah. And that's like the process. Here's another thing. Well, you don't have two kids like similar age. Our kids are like both in elementary school. I hear them telling each other stories constantly. You know what the first thing that is usually asked as a follow-up question? Did he cry? Yeah, did he cry? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jimmy got hit with a ball today. Because usually injuries are always the story at the dinner table. Yeah, Jimmy got hit with a ball in the face today. I don't know why they're from Brooklyn. <laughs> they're fucking, they're in newsies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy got hit in the nose today. First question, did he cry? It's always the question, did you cry? You know what will be interesting to see is um, when your daughter gets that age – and maybe as my daughter gets a little older, is that something about boys trying to whip the weakness out of each other a little bit? Because it does occur to me, you know, when I was like, <clears throat> no, I'm just fucking around on the phone. Yeah. That like, it would have been nice if I could have just been like, yeah, I'm really bummed I didn't get to play this game. And then my friend, my best friend had been like, oh man, well, well I didn't realize that you were so upset. We'll shut it down and try it again. But like, instead I was like, <clears throat> I'm just fucking around. And he's like, good. Well, the studies say that Girls and boys cry about the same amount. 
until age 12. That's fucking cool. But, but is the, is, I wonder if the fascination with it is equal amongst girls and boys. You know what I mean? Cause it's almost like with boys, I almost remember it being like a point of pride if they didn't. Yeah, that's true. There's definitely some, some social stuff in there, but also there's, there's some, some preliminary studies about testosterone possibly suppressing like that, the cry response. Interesting. Um, so that it could be, maybe that's why it's around 12. It could also be social pressures. I mean, I like, as I think about it, my daughter has mentioned before being in situations in school where she did not want to cry and, but felt like she might. And then she has often in telling a story, that's just the period at the end. She cried. <laughs> like, yeah. like, she'll tell a long story. It's like she fell off the monkey bars. She cried. My sons, and I was expecting them to possibly say like, oh, the guy who always cries is weak. Or the guy who always cries is weird. They said, no, I feel bad for him. Mm. The same with the studies for people in the workplace. And I don't think many people really want people to generally feel bad for them. But I, that's tricky because like, I really do feel that way. I don't want people walking around feeling bad for me. But also, I think there have been times in my life where I probably acted like I was doing better than I was to avoid that. Here's a weird part. In our society especially this like progressive side that maybe you and I fall on crying is acceptable. Like you never want to suppress someone's emotions, but at the same time, it's like that kid does not want to be crying at school. I, I, I think one other thing that I'll say, like I don't respond the same to every instance of crying. Mm -hmm. There's a different way of responding to the frustration cry, which I like the way you put it. I've actually not done it that well of like feel yourself walking up to this edge and like, take like just take a walk around the room and there's also the cry when you're angry at each other and like that that is a different cry like my daughter can continue to talk through that cry there's like that i mean there's sometimes where she's just real sad about something that's real sad and then all you do is just hold her until she stops crying like a like a toy or a craft that is one of a kind that gets broken yeah or goddamn i i just remember her letting go of a balloon one time oh, yeah. i mean she was younger but like that shit was just Sad. She'd held on to that balloon all day. Yeah. Oh, we talked about that. Let's rehash that because it was a great point when you talked about that balloon in a, you know instance in a, a previous episode. Like sometimes I would use humor to get them to stop crying to kind of prove that like, mm -hmm. look, everything's great. Right. Because I, I I awkwardly could not deal with that, and you said like, while you're kind of robbing them of their emotional experience, you know, like. <laughs> Didn't I say it nicer than that? <laughs> you did, you did, but it, but that that stuck with me. It's like sometimes crying because obviously when they're when they're hurt, most I think good parents would just console them. It's not like stop crying. Like yeah. I'd say ninety percent of parents would be like, oh poor thing. Yeah, but then again, if it goes on too long. <laughs> <laughs> when you get if to the she 20, won't let me put the bandaid on it. If she will not let me put the bandaid on get it to the twenty minute mark. I have been known <laughs> to say, oh god, still hurt anymore. We, uh... you know what happened this evening? Uh, my daughters were in the tub together. My sixteen-month-old keeps talking about this boo boo on the bottom of her foot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then today they're in the tub, and she, my youngest, holds up her foot and goes boo boo, and my oldest goes, yeah, like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so but I think if they're really hurt, you hold them yeah. as long as they're really hurt. But if if they're a little bit hurt and they can't stop crying, then probably something else is going on. Like maybe they're scared about the blood or whatever it is. But you respond differently to that cry than you would to like, oh, no, they're just super hurt and we got to go to the urgent care. 
I guess that's what I'm saying is like, you always want to be there for them, but it doesn't mean responding to every cry the same way. Yeah. Cause you're trying to teach them how to do it for themselves ultimately. Well, like tonight where I knew I needed to get her to eat dinner without having like toys at the table, mm-hmm. uh, not because of anything, any fault of hers. Cause we had allowed it the night before and we were creating a, you know, something we needed to nip in the bud. Mm-hmm. I was less empathetic. I wasn't like, Oh my God, you poor thing. Like, let's go. I was just like, okay, babe. Like I was trying to be a little more monotone. Like we'll go downstairs. Cool. Cool. We get downstairs and then she starts saying like, let's read a book. I'm like, you can read a book on the floor. I'll just sit right here next to you. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like fucking make it like, you know, Disney world down here. Yeah. I know what you mean. And stop kicking me in the balls. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just going to be different when they're also trying to hurt you, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's like, all right, well, going to get a different version. Um, all right, I think we're we've about done it. I there's one more. I don't know if this is a topic, but it was a thing that happened that was interesting. When our dog disappeared, and I just couldn't find him, couldn't find him. I spent like days looking for him in the nature preserve behind our house, and I was so sad. My wife was so sad, and uh, my daughter was sad too. But she was pretty young. She was like three, maybe. Mm-hmm. And there was a night where I came back from looking for him, and I had to put her to bed, and. Uh, she could tell I was sad. And I think she asked me and there was this moment where I was like, Oh man, if I start crying, I'm really going to start crying. Mm-hmm. Or I could just kind of, <laughs> no, I'm just fucking around. And, and, I was like, cause I didn't No, like actually. Me? No. Shut up. <laughs> Guys, Matt is actually so, crying right now. <laughs> He's actually crying. I can see the tears coming down his face. <laughs> and he's doing this weird laughter to hide it. Yeah. It's really awkward for me. This could be our last episode. <laughs> this is awful. That's such a good bit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been really fun. This is our final broadcast. can't stop crying i can't trust him at work anymore oh my god i just want to empathize with him i just want to hug him he's a sadder warmer human being but he's not competent but i feel bad for him (laughs) frankly i feel bad for him (laughs) but i have tears in my eyes right now from laughter yeah tears feel good it's good yeah oh Oh my god that was brutal that was so (sighs) good dude um (sighs) How do I finish the story? Though? <laughs> sorry, sorry. How do you get back to the story? All so, right. so you were so sad. This you is... were so sad, and then you didn't know what you were going to do. Like, if you, if you, if you let the waterworks happen, that you were going to start crying hysterically and sob in front, and possibly and I was scare. Really, I was going to scare, scare your yeah. three year old. Yeah. So then, what did you do? Yeah, I decided I didn't want to hide how I was feeling, and I just started crying. And she gave me this hug that was like, it was different than any hug we'd ever had in our life. It was like she was taking care of me and she was not going to let go until I was ready. Yeah. What, I it was so proud of her and it was so cool. And it was one of my like best moments probably as a dad, despite being a really sad one. But uh, I was just really glad that, that that happened. I was glad that happened. But also, I think what you're also highlighting is that crying is super cathartic. It's a huge part of being a human being. But how 
like lucky are you or how beneficial is it to be able to have that choice for when you want to cry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Like, and yeah. I actually will try to cry when I watch It's a Wonderful Life. You know, like I love that feeling. Yeah. You do kind of have to let yourself, don't you? Right. Because- Is that weird though? No, because it's like we're superheroes. We can, sh- <laughs> Spider-Man doesn't just accidentally shoot spider webs from his hands all the time. So if there's a way to grow up with our kids where they feel safe to cry, but then give them strategies for regulation to be able to kind of manage stuff. I think I I agree with you. I just like, I agree with you about where the end goal is, but I think that like different people have different levels of comfort with like intense emotion. And it's not always the job of the person who's having the intense emotion to make other people okay with it. Yeah. It is such an uncomfortable, to me, like an uncomfortable fine line because I see what you're saying. It's like they go out in the world and they kind of learn the rules of socially where crying is considered okay and where it isn't. But also like, I don't know that where we've set those rules is exactly right. And I do think it's not like we have totally gotten past the forces that teach boys that the only okay things to feel are like angry and fucking psyched. I agree with you. It's like you kind of got to learn the way that stuff is perceived. And I think the the biggest thing is you got to learn how to, as you get older, just like try to stay in a place where you can continue to make choices. So do you ever, do you ever feel like you might cry, but you don't really want to cry? Well, sometimes when I'm watching movies, like, that are happy or sad, I want to cry, but I'm embarrassed. So sometimes I just pretend it's not happening or it's just allergies because it's embarrassing. Why is it embarrassing, do you think? Even if it's just around us? Um, yeah, I don't know why. It just is. So interesting. You know you're, you can always cry around us. You don't have to be embarrassed, right? Mm-hmm. You do know that? Yeah, I just sometimes get tears in my I get tears in my eyes and movies too sometimes. It happens. Bye.